Hey, you guys, welcome back. Welcome back to episode two of Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Woohoo! Episode two. I'm excited. Uh, so, just to give you a quick recap, I'm not going to do it. Just go listen to episode one. But no, seriously, but we, um, I'm here with my good friend, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Hello again. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) Just real quick, while you're listening to this podcast, I want you guys to understand that I'm going to be as transparent as possible about myself, my life, my situations, what I view in the world. And I just encourage you to also be transparent in your thoughts and in your daily life. Um, It seems as though transparency has took a back seat in 2019 and I encourage you to be transparent in your life to others to yourself sometimes it's hard and difficult to be transparent I get it but transparency I believe is what we need to be able to have a better life and better relationships with each other so just note that when you're listening to this I'm going to force you to be transparent as I will be with you um, so basically, um, this whole week I dedicated to politics in 2020 and the importance of getting out and voting um, this election. It's a really big election for us. And so that was my breakdown in episode one. Basically, we broke down all the candidates that are running and their platforms, our platforms, um, where we stand politically. So I would just encourage you before even starting this episode to go back and listen to episode one so you don't get confused in where we're taking it today. Um, so real quick, Jimmy, so how was your weekend? <laughs> My weekend was great. You know, I went to a wedding and I had just a blast at that. And I got excited to come here and talk about my podcast and my podcast, your podcast. Hello. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> didn't realize where my, <laughs> where my position is. <laughs> come but, on, come on now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I had a great weekend. It was just so fun. Very tiring, but I committed. You said to you went to a wedding? This. Yes, I did go was to it a the wedding. open bar? Uh, yes okay awesome so <laughs> we're getting I'm just saying what, what's, what's a wedding without an open bar I'm sorry don't invite me if you're not going to have that oh let me tell you <laughs> sorry I'm just saying if I, I have love to sit, it. if I have to sit there I need to be able to drink to drink a lot um side note my sister my baby sister is getting married next month oh my god she's, she's getting married a month from like a month from yesterday and oh. Yes, I'm shitting bricks every day closer <laughs> to her wedding. Con- tell her congratulations. Yeah, she's please. not having an open bar, so I have Ooh. yeah. Just sneak so some any, stuff if in. anyone has a flask <laughs> that I can have to take to while I drive to Minnesota, why be please. subtle? Just have a whole bottle at the table. Yeah, <laughs> she, it's at a church. And, you oh, know, she's religious, so oh, I'll just okay. Fla- so I'll yeah, do flask a, definitely yeah, flask. <laughs> okay, so it's <laughs> just a real quick story. I love you, Robin. I love you, my sister. <laughs> but I'm drinking, so we're going to talk about what we're talking about today, Jimmy. I think um, it's best we didn't list all these candidates, all these twenty people that are running. We did, but in theory. Theoretically speaking, all of them are not important. No. Right now, it's about five that I feel that are polling really well right now, or at least polling that we should focus on. So we're just going to give you a little, you know, a little um, breakdown of these five candidates that, you know, they have our interests and they are polling well, and or some of them are polling well, some of them are not polling well. Some of them are polling well that shouldn't be polling well, and we'll get into that. And we'll get into that. So I'm going to have Jimmy just, you know, break down these five candidates and their pollings, and then we're going to talk about some issues that, you know, affect us. And I'm definitely going to talk about some issues that affect me as an African-American um, gay black man. 
Um, and then Jimmy will talk about whatever issues affect him. So go into those polls, Jimmy. Okay, then. So this poll is from RealClearPolitics.com. And what they do is they have an average. So they take a bunch of different polls and they put them all together and average them out. So where they're polling out now, some might be polling worse. But since they've been polling better in other polls, they're still higher than other people. So, so you're saying that there's... This is an average poll. This is an average of a bunch of, of all different polls over time put together. Okay. So so another place, it could show a higher number. No, yeah. But this is a, high, a, a average based on all of a lot of pollings combined. So like an example, Kamala Harris's average is higher than Pete Buttigieg's. But in recent polls, they are polling exactly the same. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right now... Uh, Joe Biden is at the top at 28.8%. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Then we have also, unfortunately, in my opinion, Bernie Sanders polling second at 16%. So the two old white men are the two, at the highest I know. polls. Okay. That's and then okay. we have uh, at least at least Elizabeth Warren is polling in third. She's a woman. I I would pr- I would prefer <laughs> I just an old white I, woman. I know but. I know, and I, and I, we sound so ageist, but it's I think age is a problem. I think age is one of the problems. I mean, in this, to, honestly, people, I don't care. They, you can call me an ageist, but your eighty year old pert self is not going to be around. Well, at least she when just I'm, turned like seventy or seventy one. So. What, whatever. When I'm fifty, they're going to be dead. Yeah. So when I'm fifty, you're going to be dead. So I still have to live and deal with the things that are going on in this world so i personally want a younger person to take office that understands what's going on with millennials and can actually talk to us and it doesn't feel like you're sort of talking down to us it's the baby boomers are not uh, are not the are no longer the issue or not no longer the individuals that are driving the the um the world or driving the in, the economy anymore it's no, it's, it's going to be us i know and it just so it needs to be someone in there who understands us mm-hmm. yeah and so to get back on track she's at 15.4 percent then fourth is kamala harris at 7.4 percent and then fifth is pete Buttigieg at five percent so that's where everybody stands at this i really moment. don't like the fact that he's pulling like well, last, but anyways. it's a difficult thing because it's it's technically it is still technically early, but it's he's actually polling where he should be. A, a lot of people say uh, if you're not at at least five percent, you should just drop out completely. Okay. So he is fine, but it, that's the thing. He's fine. And he, the thing was, Pete, Pete Buttigieg is was a nobody. He like, was a nobody. No so, one knew him. So for where he's. Doing, that's pretty doing pretty well for someone who has no one knew and was just the mayor of, of South Bend, Indiana. Okay. And mm-hmm. a lot of you still don't know who he is, but I really encourage you. We're going to keep talking about him a lot yeah. in this episode because we're both fans of his. And we actually went to um, a rally that he had recently, and I'm going to talk about that later on. But, yeah, Pete Buttigieg um, is someone you all should just at least go to his website and give him a chance and just read about him. So my thing is, um, Jimmy, I have, with the African-American community, a lot of us are really becoming one-issue voters and one-issue individuals. And the only thing a lot of people in the African-American community care about is, you know, who who's going to help black people who's going to help the black community who's going to you know help us with you know the uh, crime and with the police brutality and with um 
having being able to get jobs and competing with you know our white counterparts and um rep uh, what's it rep uh, reparations yeah reparations reparations uh-huh. and things like that so that has been the forefront in a lot of conversations lot of, mm-hmm. with what can any of these candidates do for me when it comes to that and i personally don't understand how black people feel as though that those are their issues but they still are polling high with um joe biden well it's 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 interesting because i mean we've talked about this before and you've said that with joe biden it really is uh, it's it's he's riding on the legacy of being Obama's vice president. Now you have a very strong distaste for Joe Biden. I liked Joe Biden. I really I really liked him. I, and I even you know you know thought you know if this was the fifties, Joe Biden can get it because Joe Biden was kind of cute. <laughs> um, I love that. Joe Biden. He has a great smile. He's t- he's tall. I, I he like him tall. He has very all like he's you know he's boy next door features when he yeah, was younger. Yeah, uh-huh. like he was a uh, he was fine. I was like, okay, Joe, <laughs> okay, Joe. But what I don't like about Joe Biden is that he has this old white man syndrome. And what I say, old white man syndrome, is that it's this old entitled white man syndrome to where he has this inbuilt entitlement to where he can't even recognize when he's saying something that's wrong or doing something that's wrong or apologize for anything that he did was wrong because he doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't click. Mm -hmm. And. To some people that come off comes off as that he's racist, but I don't think he's racist. Is that no, he just he's not. he has it built in him, mm-hmm. and he can't break from it. And I have a problem with that. The fact that he doesn't has does has seemed to not learn his lesson and to be able to correct what he's saying. He's too old to still have to still be having statements come out that are that just don't sound right. And it's he's too old for him to fix it, you know. It's not that he's too old to fix it. Anyone can fix anything. I think the problem is that he doesn't know that he, what he's doing is a problem. So he's not going to apologize if he doesn't think it's wrong. Um, and for those of you who have loved Joe Biden so much and think, okay, well, he was Barack Obama's vice president, so that must mean he's good in some ways. Okay, that's cute. But <laughs> Joe Biden really is not that great. Um Joe Biden actually made a comment one day and he said, and I quote, um, Biden said during a town hall in Des Moines, we have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. And I don't understand. (laughs) And if you didn't catch that, I'm going to say that one more time. Poor kids are just as bright and talented as white kids. So, are you saying that black kids are just poor? White kids aren't poor? Did you have to say white kids? And he didn't get what he said. No, he didn't. Someone he had to never correct understands him. It. Well, it's not only that. I mean, anytime the crime, it, and it's it, it it seems he has a tendency, and it's a lot. And we could talk about this maybe in depth later. But a lot of he seems to have a tendency not to be able to admit the fact that maybe I screwed up. And in, in, especially when he talks about the 1994 crime bill. Please, you guys, please go look. We're not going to talk about it on this episode. No, but, but please go look example. at the 1994 crime bill. He is the father of the mass incarceration. Yeah. He wrote the crime bill. Yeah. And he's the reason why a lot of um, black men are incarcerated today and were in the 90s. And he, to this day, still defends the crime bill. 
that has incarcerated a lot of black and brown men and women. That's a problem. He was on the committee for the men who, um, when Anita Hill, Anita Hill, if you don't know who she is, she accused Clarence, um, Clarence Thomas of of, um, of sexual sexual assault, sexual assault. and sexual mis- more maybe sexual misconduct, sexual misconduct, and he was um, running to be on his, on um, a judge. And he didn't apologize for the way he uh, mistreated her. He well, he he didn't. He you don't think you don't feel he even he apologized for how they treated her. He never said I'm sorry, Anita, for how I treated you. I remember. Well, you know, just to give a little thought, I remember when he was on the View. They had to literally jo- Joy Behar had to guide him and pull and it he still out of it. him, and it was so. It was so hard of him because I think there's this idea of not to admit fault. And it's like, I don't want you to, I don't think you're the devil, but if you did something wrong and you weren't right about it, just say it and just move on. You know I why someone... he didn't? Why? That's that entire old white man syndrome in him. Mm-hmm. So that's what that was. Yeah. And to me, if you can't apologize to one African-American woman, how can you make it right with the millions of African-Americans that are in this country? I don't see it. But we're going to digress about Joe Biden. Yeah, I know. Um, we went on a rant about yeah, him. We went on, that was my little rant, and I do apologize. <laughs> so we're going to keep it moving. Because, yeah. But I'm sorry. Please, you can you can think that he's a great candidate, but believe it because you believe in his policies, not because he was the vice president to Barack Obama, because that really doesn't mean shit at this point. Exactly. Okay. So. All right. So um, it's interesting to when we go to look. Would you like to hear more about the... I said what I had to say about race, um, okay. but I do think that um, um, we need to talk um, a little bit about some of the issues. I mean, some of the plans that some people actually have regarding um, race. Mm-hmm. And I do believe uh, Pete Buttigieg has an actual plan in place that is great. And it's called the Douglas Plan. And um, Jimmy, just give us a little backstory or just a little information about the Douglas Plan. So the Douglas Plan is basically a thorough plan to address the racial disparities. I mean, it's predominantly focused on African-Americans in this country, but it's it's intended to include all people of color. So to maybe get a give a little more specific, I'll get to the I'll go to the part of the plan where he talks about criminal justice reform and just give some of the bullet points that he talks about. So one of the things he has um we will double funding for federal grants for states that commit to criminal justice reform. We will on a federal level eliminate incarceration of drug for drug possession reduce sentences for other drug offenses and apply these reductions retroactively, legalize marijuana and expunge past convictions. Listen, I I don't understand why weed ain't legal everywhere. I find it ridiculous that it's... Again, it's state by state. And that's ridiculous. I know. We need a president that just makes everyone make it legal. Because it makes no sense that Illinois is going to have it legal and then right next door, Indiana doesn't. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, it just makes it makes absolutely no, no sense. It, it makes it makes no sense. It makes no sense that I'm in jail for something that five miles away is legal. And that's it, just it's just the dumbest shit ever. And that again, that's... CBD oil cures people. It's it's healthy. I'm sorry. If you're uptight, please go get you. Please please go get you some CBD oil. I promise it will change your life. Or go get you a blunt. Just it's not. That, it's not that, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. No. And 
you know, it can help states that have tax issues. It, like, it can it's help just, the economy. I know. I like, think, I don't, so it, it can help boost the economy. I don't see the problem. I'm it's, sorry. It's a morality thing for people. Because yeah. just to go into my family, and maybe it's, I, get, I don't know if it, the racial thing is different, but I have a white mother who is so, oh, uh, how outraged she is that marijuana is being legal. Personally, I don't. She's outraged about weed. She she feels it's good for a medical purposes, but she feels recreational. It's like she her opinion is like, why let something be recreational that's just going to cause more people to get into car accidents, more people to just be under the influence around me all the time. The whole pl- so <laughs> does love- she not she doesn't like alcohol? No, she well she does. That's the funny thing. She, well, she's not. I'm not going to say she loves to drink, but she <laughs> she did. she indulge she indulges with alcohol, and even though alcohol is more dangerous. The marijuana is. It is. It's scientifically proven that alcohol is more dangerous than marijuana is. But mm. I digress. Maybe we should list a little bit more of what's in the Douglas plan. Yeah, and we're gonna talk to your mother later. Yeah, uh, we will fight the the profit motive in the criminal justice system, including by abolishing private federal prisons. We will reduce. Like. Yeah, we will reduce the criminalization of poverty and its link to incarceration. I like. We will appoint people deeply committed to achieving this goal, and we will support a constitutional amendment to abolish the death penalty. Mm. So that's just some of the things, and just to give a little comparison, you know, what's interesting. Let's look at someone like Bernie Sanders. Now, Bernie Sanders is someone who. In his when he was younger, was very passionate in civil rights. Was attended many protests, and in fact, uh, was at Martin Luther King's speech. Participated in that march. But when you go to his, he was pa- at Martin Luther King's speech. No, he was. He was there for the "I Have a Dream." He was there. Wow. Yeah. He's old as shit. <laughs> no, he's another one. By the way, we mentioned this in the previous episode, but he's another one who, when he's reelected, he'll be in his early eighties. So take that as what you will. He's old as hell. But it's interesting with a lot of people. Um, for him, I there actually are some things that I actually do agree on. Like especially in for him, he talks about and Pete talks about this too. But we just focus on criminal justice. But for voting rights, in his little bullet points, he talks about making election day a national holiday yes so that people when they're you know people can just go and vote and do what they need to do but but we also have early voting so get y'all lazy asses up and go vote you can find i i feel like people have to find ways to be able to vote but with bernie it just seems it all comes back and maybe this is a way of messaging but it all comes back to talking about the top one percent or things about the green new deal which i i get will have ramifications that might help the African-American community. But I don't like that he doesn't have anything that just strictly addresses it. And one of the reasons, in my opinion, is because, yes, Bernie Sanders has never had to be in charge of a community where black people were a predominant member of it. He is from Vermont. He was the mayor of Burlington, Vermont. Very few black people in in that state or in that city in general. So he has a luxury that he, and frankly, Elizabeth Warren too, also have that they have never had to really address issues of issue to be in charge of a position where they had to really deal with issues that people of color go through every day where uh, instead you have someone like, so basically you're saying that, you know, Mayor Pete has a specific plan. Mm -hmm. He has done with, um, He's done things with. He has to deal. He has to. He has to. 
oh my goodness, he has dealt with things in his community mm-hmm. and, uh, about race. And it's and, not perfect. I mean, obviously, people have a lot of problems. And then Joe Biden has, you know, done things with race. But Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders has not done anything in their political career so far to be put in a position to have had to deal with race. Mo- directly, yeah. Even directly. Kamala Harris, I mean, you know, she has her own, I mean, you need to look up about her history as Attorney General of California because she likes to brush any sort of criticism of that. Yeah, Kamala Harris just like like to throw black, pe- black men in jail. Yeah, yeah. Well, from what the article says, it, ha- it has and any criticism anybody throws at her. Like I saw an interview when Tulsi Gabbard brought it up at the debate, and she all she dismissed it as is basically Tulsi Gabbard is lower than me. So, of course, she has to punch up and come up with BS responses. And, you know, what I don't like, and this is the thing, like we have to understand that with this election, we are going to – there's not one candidate – and I'm, I'm talking to my, my black um, listeners. Um, there's not one person that we can just say has not had an issue with race. Like we can't just, we have to give people a chance. We, you know, we're, we're in, this is t- 2019 going to 2020. If you find one politician that didn't have an issue from their past with the African-American community, they're lying. Someone had an issue. So we just have to decide what issues we want to deal with and who do we think can Move past and grow from that issue. But my issue with Kamala Harris is that she doesn't even address the fact that she was just throwing men in jail for pot. She was a federal federal prosecutor. And prosecutors, federal prosecutors' job is to prosecute crimes. And regardless of the crime. And she could have picked, she could have have declined to prosecute. Um... Um, those crimes but she chose not to and so a lot of black men have been thrown in jail innocent and a lot of cases people have people have said that there are cases that she tried where she put black men in jail and later on they got out free because of their innocent because they were innocent and she has yet to fully apologize or do any sort of thing about it because and and it's really really bad Mm. yikes gosh yeah so that's Kamala Harris so (laughs) You know, hey, listen, yeah, listen, just I feel like we it's early. You can you can research these people and, you know, come to your own conclusion of them. But this is just what we think and what we have seen from them and what a lot of people have seen from them. But I'm talking specifically to my black um, listeners, because a lot of black people vote on race. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to stand behind Joe Biden, who has made comments and that's, you know, things like that. Or you'd like Kamala Harris because she's the first black female candidate and she's this and that. Know, know her backstory. Know her history. Know what things that she's done before you just jump on the bandwagon because I, 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 don't, I don't care for it at all. Yeah. Um, another issue that also comes up in a big issue right now is immigration. Yeah. Immigration is, you know, really big right now. Somehow it has been deemed bad to be an immigrant. When we're all immigrants, you know, we all came from on top of the ship or under the ship, you know, just keeping it real. You know, really nice saying of it. It's it's not it's not nice, though. I I, well, what I meant, what I meant (laughs) by that, I'm sorry. No, it's not. It's not. It's just it's an it it was a interesting way to phrase it. There you go. Because it's the truth. Yeah, you're fine, Jimmy. I'm I'm, you know, it it is. (laughs) is. mm -hmm. It wasn't nice, but. I get it. No, I'm joking. Anyways, it wasn't. It's. I get what you're saying. Like it. 
but it, it's the truth. No, like, it's absolutely you know, the truth. Either we came over on the ship, or if you were under it, you were you know a slave, or you were forced to come here. Mm-hmm. Nobody was is from here. You know, their origins are not from here, but you know, Native Americans who were forced out of here. Yeah. So we're all immigrants. Now, me and you have different views on immigration. We do. I I think that there needs to be a stronger process to allow people to come here. Um, but neither one of us believe in open borders. No, 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 no. We don't and believe in open borders. I don't, and I want to stress this. There is no Democratic candidate that has ever said that we are for – that they are for open borders. Now, this is my opinion because because we view immigration differently. So actually what's interesting for you is that looking at Joe Biden, Joe Biden is more <laughs> where you – where you rely of the candidates on immigration, maybe Pete a little bit more, but I know you don't like, cause I think Pete supports and I support it too. The big question is, do we want to decriminalize crossing over the border? So explain briefly about decriminalizing or criminalizing. So D when right now it is a, it is a federal offense, a criminal offense to cross the border. So that means if you cross, if you just cross the border illegally, you will have to appear in court and you will go you will spend while you're not in court you will spend your time in a jail or in one of these i'm going to use i'm going to use the term internment camps for these places uh, just because i know people say concentration camps but i'm not trying to i don't want that to distract but what's going on people should pay attention to what's going on in those camps because that's one of the reasons why th- what happens when you criminalize crossing over the border decriminal criminalization means that you won't be thrown into jail. They still, let's be clear, they still have to come to court. They still have an obligation that they have to show up in court, but it doesn't mean that they will have to spend their time in the jail. And I support that because I think to throw someone in a jail just for crossing over already sets in forth the motion of them having a record and them already being at such a disadvantage. Now, of course, I would rather them come over legally, but until we fix the court system and make the make immigration so much more cheaper than what it is to become a legal citizen in this country, I think we in my opinion, we need to have we need to have strong borders, but we don't need to I don't think for just crossing over we don't need to throw someone in a cell. Um that that's nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I I disagree. I feel as though that the I feel as though if you decrimin decriminalize open um the border, then people have the tendency to believe that okay, I can still cross and try to get over. Um, and if I make it, I make it. If I don't, then I'll just get a citation and I'll show up to court. Which there's no guarantee that that person is going to show up to court because no. they don't have to. Well, no, they don't. Well, I do they? Well, no, they'll have to be required to show up to court. I mean, a lot of people are required to show up to court. That doesn't that don't mean that they do it. Well, that's why not only that we need to improve that because it's comprehensive. So if we're that's why I say if we're going to do something like that, which is why I agree with to address what you're saying, we need people like we can use border patrol to strengthen them but that doesn't but you're missing my point my point is is that when you take um away something that is strict and make it non-strict people are more entitled to really break the law because they know that they're not going to have bad consequences to their actions there's a difference between getting a citation to appear in front of court then knowing that if you do this, you're going to automatically be thrown in jail. 
see for me the problem is is that we have that now we have that now in fact we have it more stricter and illegal immigration and people illegally crossing the border has gotten has increased phenomenally well it's increased for various reasons not it's Donald Trump has made it to where there are people it's it's increasing for various reasons it has nothing to do in my opinion with the policies I just personally don't think I think allowing people to not get real consequences for their actions if you know crossing the border is illegal this is going to happen now I don't think what's going on at the detention centers or in um at the detention center should be happening but I do believe that if you do something illegally you should receive you should receive the legal ramifications from it I just I just don't trust I don't trust I just don't trust people to not people in these cells to not take care of them I mean I just see it every day and I'm at the point for me I'm well then we're talking about two different things though maybe maybe like, you're right you need to we need to fix the system but fixing the system doesn't mean to make decrim not to criminalize them. You can still be criminalized for something, but that doesn't mean you should be thrown into a, a cage to where you're not treated as a human being. You're still a human being. So everything needs to be fixed. But unfortunately, this is where we are right now. And it's turning into the Republicans making people believe that all Democrats just want open borders. And that's not and that's the case. that's not the case. And, I, and that because if it was open borders, they could just go over and then there would be they wouldn't have to show up at court they could just go and i want to stress that that that's why it's what frustrates me the most because that's not the narrative that any democratic candidate has put forward but why is it so bad to be an immigrant and why are they just focusing on the borders well, as though let's get specific there, there's here. there's no there's no border control at canada well let's well that's the specific thing it's not about just being any sort of immigrant it's an immigrant of color it's someone who has brown or dark skin because what's actually interesting, a lot of the illegal, illegal immigrants are from whiter countries, Asian countries. Exactly. But, uh, but it, because of the color, uh, in my opinion, it's because of the color of their skin. And we've seen it time and time and time again. Exactly. And it's funny. You got all these white people bitching and moaning about they're taking my jobs. Well, you didn't have. Well, you didn't want to do that job in the first place. Exactly. So what are you complaining? I'm also, not, listen, I'm not even worried about white people and their like. No, like I, what? They're taking your jobs. Like, how about the fact that you take you're taking our my job? Oh, but anyways, point. we're not yeah. even going to go into that yeah, because whole... I, ain't, I I I'm, I don't want to lose any of my listeners. Mm -hmm. I love you all, but that whole thing that you know immigrants are taking your job is is a bunch of bullshit. Immigrants are already being underpaid. They're doing the jobs that no one wants to do. And because they know no one wants to do them, they're underpaying them because they know that they need the work. So immigrants are already being paid less than what we're making. So that whole thing that they're taking taking your job is a bunch of bullshit. So you can leave that argument you know, leave to that, yourself. Leave that to yourself because I ain't got time. Um, so I do want to close this um episode. I know we gave you guys a lot of information, but I do want to close this and um just one quick um, recap of an event that me and Jimmy went to recently. Um, it was with Mayor Pete Buttigieg. He had a rally in Bronzeville. Um, if you're familiar with Chicago, the Bronzeville area is the top um, blossoming and booming African-American community. It has so much history. History is so much has been started in Bronzeville, blues music, um, 
there's it's just a, Bronzeville just has a lot of history and there's a lot going on in Bronzeville and so Mayor Pete came and me and Jimmy went and you know I honestly expected a diverse crowd and me and Jimmy walked into line that was already wrapped around the building and the line was full of white people I've never seen many white people on the south side of Chicago in my huh. life ever. I I I don't I've never seen that before in my life. And I was a little I was a little upset. Um his whole platform and the whole ceremony was very um diverse. He had a black lady sing um the national anthem. She's on the black national anthem and the regular national anthem, which I had no idea about, and it like literally just made I almost teared up at it. I mean, my you never heard the black national anthem? I heard it, but I didn't know. I've I've heard the song, but I didn't know that it was the black national mm-hmm. anthem, and it like it moved me so much I couldn't even comprehend it. It was just yeah, incredible. It was, it was dope, and she sung both. And then he also had a a prominent black pastor in Chicago introduce him. He had a bl- um, black female trans um, woman um, as his uh, mod- moderator, uh, reading out reading off questions. He had a black DJ. Um, he had a very opening introduction and in- in- inclusiveness to the African American African American community, but there were no black faces in the audience, and. He did not take any ownership of that. And that's what it really irritated me with this. This event was only, if you were not a supporter of his, you had no idea that this event even exists. And it was a ticketed event. So you had to pay to go. So. Which means it was more of a, instead of a, a rally, it was more of a fund. It was a fundraising. It was a fundraising opportunity. It was a fundraising opportunity. So you can't say you know, we need to see more, uh, you know, next time I come here, bring someone who doesn't look like you here, you know, do your part and bring someone here. But how can they bring someone here when you didn't do your part as the political figure to get them there? Mm-hmm. And you're on the south side of Chicago. He's He was at the Harold Washington Culture Center. There's no other place to go for black people besides the Harold Washington Cultural Center. And I could count on my hand how many black people were there, and most of them were the ushers. Um, I, there, was probably, there were probably like four black people in the audience. Like, I, I, in the seat, and the place was sold out. It seats over 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. There were at least four of us in the audience. Can I tell one story real quick? Just because of a black, there was a black woman at the event, and I saw this later, and she was tweeting. I wish I could remember her Twitter name, but she was tweeting about that issue and she was she didn't like the questions that were being asked and so she was tweeting specific issues that she had about being a black mother and a black entrepreneur and eventually i wish there was a full video of the conversation but eventually one of pete's staff members saw this and got her up to talk to him after the event really yeah and he seemed very receptive and there's like short video of what of her of him talking to her and he and he's and he's explaining the Douglas plan to her and she ended it by saying thank you for listening. I hope that when you if you do an event like this you do more to actually go into the community to get people of color to come out and see you. 
Yeah, I mean, I was actually quoted by a Chicago, was it Chicago Sometimes reporter? Chicago Tribune. Chicago Tribune reporter came up to me. Uh, I mean, it's not like it was hard to find me. I was I was the only black person in the room at the time. <laughs> so he came up to me to ask me questions on what I think he can do. Um, but one, one, one quick thing we need to also understand that um, having the black support is going to be hard for people to judge. Let's just put that out there. He's an openly gay man. Um, the only openly gay man to ever run for president. We all know how the black community feels about gays. Um, that's going to be in a couple of weeks. So wait for that episode. <laughs> and, you know, they're on Joe Biden's tail right now, riding his wave. So he needs to do more. I think maybe he should just go to a church, go to a church service. See, he can't ticket. He can't ticket people that no, don't support him. That's something what I heard too is that a lot of people say if you really want to make an impact, you can't be doing these events where people have to be ticketed. Yeah. So you know that's our take on it. You know, um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, we're going to. It was a little longer this time, <laughs> but but we had a lot to talk about with this one. Um, but I just want to leave you guys with um the biggest takeaway from this episode, which is just really get into these politicians. Um, backgrounds get into their websites you know they're going to tell you what you want to hear but it's your job and my job to dig deep go to their websites look at their plans look at their policies you know we can't just we have to do the work ourselves um, if we want this person to represent us for the next eight years and whatever they do in this eight years is going to affect us for the next 20 years Um, so we have to be responsible in researching ourselves um, come back for episode three because episode three is dedicated to Mr. Orange Man himself, Donald yeah. Trump. You know, unfortunately. To follow me on social media, you can go to Instagram, Cordero underscore Santiago. Um, my Facebook is Cordero Dante Santiago. Dante is D O N T um, apostrophe E. Follow me on Instagram to just stay in touch with everything I'll talk about. I'll update you on. Um, the upcoming episodes and things to look forward to um, thank you guys for listening to Daryl's Daring Thoughts um, see you later